Welcome to our audio commentary. We're the Unsolved Guys. I'm Bill. I'm Gene. And today we are doing an audio commentary, an author's audio commentary of Library Mascot Cage Match. This is the <sighs> second in a series of a thousand, a thousand and one, a thousand and one Arabian Nights. And it's it's the first podcast when I'll be wearing reading glasses. Oh really? I don't think I've ever seen you wear glasses. Oh, my eyes are killing me today. Right. I, I, I had a birthday That's yesterday. Exciting. Apparently, my eyes are. <laughs> you got old. You got old. My, my eyes happened. are dying. Yeah, ten percent of my hair. Ten percent of my remaining hair fell out. Well, okay. I'm, I'm lucky. It's always ten percent. So it's like ten percent every year. It's a decreasing amount of hair uh-huh. every year. Yeah. It's like Zeno's paradox, though. You'll never actually be bald. Right. I'll have I'll have like one hair and then a tenth of a hair. Right. Or, or a ninety percent of a Nine tenths of a hair. Yeah. So we are starting on page thirty-four, which I believe is the introduction of. Grandma. Grandma. It's grandma. She looks like my grandma. Yeah, she was based on your grandma. You showed me some pictures. Wow. We negotiated for a while. Like I drew and you're like, no, her boobs need to be lower. <laughs> you look very distinguished in glasses. Do I? These, these, these are killing me a little Listeners, bit. Listeners, I wish you could see how, how well, So what's terrible, is, what's terrible is I'm not really used to these. I've been wearing them when I read uh, comics, usually at night. My eyes, yeah. by, by, by the time I'm reading before bed, my yeah. eyes are so bad that I need to wear them. And uh, last night I forgot they were like sitting on the chair and I sat on them for the first time. Nice. Yes. They do seem a little crooked. Well, you've, you've joined the club then. Yes. The reason I'm not wearing my reading glasses is is my reading glasses got crushed so comprehensively that they, they're not even wearable. It's comprehensive crushing? Yes. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll even say it's crushed. I don't think it needs a modifier. They were crushed. It needed an adjective. That's or, right. It actually needed an adverb. Like a can that's crushed? That's flat. But I like that you're looking over your glasses at me. Well, like I, I like, well, like, no, no, like you're the professor I don't looking at me because I did something I, wrong. Because if I look through them, I can right. see every pore on your face. I don't. Yeah, I don't want you to read my face. Not good. Don't read my face. My grandma. Oh, all right. <sighs> Who passed recently? No, about a year ago, I guess. A year and a half ago. Yeah. Ninety-six. It was time. Yeah. Time to go. Oh man. All right, grandma. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to overwhelm you. With no, that. it's okay. I'm just looking at this. It's like it's like my grandma would walk into someplace and go, "Yeah, this looks like a good place to die." Uh, that was the kind of lady she was. She was a nurse all her life, and uh, she talked continually about death. And she never wanted to live past 80. On her 81st birthday, I said, "So how is uh, how does it feel to be alive? Do you wish you were dead right now?" And she said, "No, it beats the alternative." Okay, which I liked. I met her the day I met you. Was I staying there then? You were staying there, and Sarah took me to visit you. And she was there too, and, and her little dog, real yappy oh, dog. Which dog? It's a it's a white dog. Except it wasn't white because it was covered in its own filth. I hated that. No, no, no. That dog was still white then. Okay. It, it lived in its own filth later after it went to the home with her. Okay. Like, oh, that dog. I hated that dog. That dog would uh, chew its own. It was a Bichon Frise. Yes. And I'm oh, and, and and she named it. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a terribly uh, evasive podcast. Now that we've invoked my grandmother. All right. So she got the dog. It it had been previously owned. I hated this dog. I have to just preface from this. a previously owned dog's lot somewhere. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, White Center, Washington is full of those. Okay. <laughs> the dog. She was trying to give it a name, and it was a Bijan Frise, so she named it BJ. And she would be at the top of her hill, going, <laughs> "Here, BJ, here, BJ." And I was like, "You've got to stop that. Why?" And then I explained to her, and she was like, "Oh." And I said, "Why don't you name the dog Bungie?" Since it's always bouncing around, and so yes, she, we, we, called, nice. we called it Bungie. The only other Bijan Frise I ever met was named Hoppy. Hoppy. So apparently there's a theme. <laughs> you just want to kick him. Uh, That's my theme. So on page 35, the third strip um, is based on a former housemate of mine uh, who actually said this to me. She liked to rotate the dishes so they all get used evenly so none of their feelings got Wait, we're on 35? I'm still on, I'm still on 34, dude. Well, are, do you have more grandma stories? Are you going to tell all your grandma stories I just like the right bet on, now? I just like the bet on black. I saw I saw Passenger 57, Wesley Snipes. You didn't even let me talk about the one trip I was talking well, you're, about. Well, you're, you're bouncing ahead to 35. We're not on 35. You 30. want me to repeat, Mike? I'll repeat the whole thing, then. That'll be good all for right, you. All right, you finish your... You finish your oh, I was done. <laughs> I 
bastard. Swallow the curse word. Don't make this an explicit podcast. So I'm in I'm in Korea. I'm about 21 years no, old. No, you're not. And I go to see. Gene, you're in Seattle. I go to see Passenger 57 in this giant movie theater. Snipes, yes. And it's full of middle school girls. Okay, it's it's me and like another English teacher and like. These girls, I don't know. It's it's like they've never seen a white person before in their lives in 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 flesh. And Passenger Fifty Seven has Wesley Snipes, but it also has this terrorist, this white terrorist. I think he's German with long hair. That was uh-huh. brown, and I had long hair at that time. Uh-huh. So when he appears on screen yeah, and, ma- and makes threatening statements, this whole audience of middle school girls turned around and just <gasps> gasped at me. It was it was surreal. <laughs> and then afterwards, I had a pizza. That was my life in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Scaring school girls? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there's a terrorist! There's a terrorist that is in the movie theater. Well, you do all look alike. We do. We do. So 35 now, Bill. Have you already told us the story on 35? I got nothing to say about 35. So 35, I, I think this was the first time we invoked the Malville rule about businesses. On the it top. might be. It might be, which we've been largely consistent about. We have. Where, where everything in Malville has its two businesses in one. Yes. Right? I think Malville does not have a vibrant enough economy to support any single business. So everything's, everything's always two things. I just love, I love the guy saying, push the malt liquor. That just still cracks me up. I don't know. It's like the, uh, you know, the ice cream shop and lobster emporium. Or That's right. Or whatever. Little known fact, Dewey went to prom with his grandma. Yep. Yeah. She, she apparently guilted him into it. I want to stress this. I did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just have to, so we I just have to let you know. I did not. All right. Now, Bill, put what page are we on now? 30. Well, I'm still on 35. Are you still on 35? No, let's go ahead. The bottom of part 35 is one of these strips I really like, but I think you don't, where we kind of set the scene. I hate that. Yeah, because it's no joke. There is Which no is joke. funny, because you, you generally are not big on something having to have a joke, but you don't like that at all. Well, it tells me you came up with this one, because when I don't have a joke, I, all I hear is that I don't have a joke. When you don't have a joke, it's just setting the scene. Well, I'm better at this than you are. <laughs> Perfect. As long as someone's, been, someone's been photocopying their butt. Someone has been photocopying their butt, based on a real-life incident. Well, everywhere. Yes. I just, sorry, bottom of page 35, I just wanted to highlight the sign next to the photocopier. It says, we beg of you, 10 copies each. <laughs> I, my favorite, I like how desperate that my is. Favorite strip, seems accurate. My favorite strip in the sequence is 36, where Dewey's walking around with a frame, yes. trying to figure out trying who's, to identify who's, whose butt. ass it was. Yeah. I love it. So top of 37 is from a neighbor of mine who complained that we had some standing water. We had like, it wasn't even my fault. It was like the, the street in front of our house that the city this maintained. It was in Molly. The high-maintenance neighborhood in Seattle? There was, there was a puddle there, and she came out and complained that it was, it was going to breed malaria there. And I'm like, I don't think we have a big malaria problem. <laughs> she, she was ahead on the global Seattle. warming curve. She thought, she thought it was hotter than it was. That's maybe 2030 when we'll have malaria in Seattle. I'm look, looking forward to it. The second trip on 37, true story from a librarian, just no. came up and told me this at a library conference. Is that true? Yep. She said, I'm just going to uh, tell you this one line. True story. Is it a violation of the Migratory Bird Protection Act if the duck was already dead when I put it in my roommate's bed? It was a, a true life reference question. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yuck. Bottom of page 37. This is not mathematically correct. And I even knew it when I drew it, that if you want to add 25 per, 25% more reservation slots, you have to make each session 30% shorter, or rather one-third shorter. And periodically people write in. But it's not the joke does not work if you, if you require people to do math. So... Thanks so I actually, that. I actually decided to have incorrect math in the, in the math moments the with Bill Barnes. I have a master's degree. No, I don't. I barely have a bachelor's degree, but I do. It's in good. Math. Actually, usually, usually you don't, you don't do the math thing. I, I didn't even notice that this time. Okay, you must be kind of sleepy. All right, page thirty-eight. <laughs> we both just go silent as we read this. I, I, there's somebody. There's for some reason there's just a lot of good strips here, and I particularly like the second one. 
where Dewey says, the computer time that's half as long burns twice as bright. She hugs him. I'll always remember this. I love that moment. I, I, see, I like the moment in the, in the third one where uh, the football stadium seats keep getting closer and closer together uh -huh. until, until that's how he met his wife and conceived the first child. That's pretty naughty for us. It is pretty naughty. That, that little thing about the football stadium was from my cousin who lives in Michigan and goes to all the U Michigan games in Ann Arbor. Oh, really? Yeah, and they do. They really just kept painting the numbers closer together until it was kind of ridiculous. Oh, it's, it's the bench. Yeah. It's the bench. Oh, I was thinking it was seats. I, yeah, I was that trying, to, I was trying well. to... That would, yeah. be, that would be more awkward. Well, I... Oh, the benches. It even says benches. I, I was yeah. just reading too fast. All right. Third strip on 39. Another one of those wordless strips without a joke. It's sort of a joke. There's supposed to be a visual joke, which is everybody's got lots of room except for Dewey, and he's unhappy about it, but I don't think I drew it particularly How old well. is Doreen there? How old is Doreen again? I mean, like, like uh, however old we need her to be. Where's always she's a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, she's like Mr. Fantastic. She she's is. made of rubber. I like I like the one on the top of thirty nine. I like it too, actually. Did you write thirty nine? I think I did. You wrote it. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. That's like a, I I don't really write word. No, you don't. You don't. That's, that's but I think weird. there was I think there was a woman who was actually calling her daughter Gail in the it's library, funny. and I I just I just I just busted up laughing, and she could not figure out why. Uh huh. Yeah. I think I did a nice job of of. Uh, Indicating her path of destruction there. So on thirty nine, why did you why did you put uh, panel dividers on the back seat view? It just seems like that would have been a good back back seat view. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. Okay. Um, there, I mean, there's something to be said for kind of the revealy. I mean, for me, putting in panels says there's some progression here, and so you see Tamara, who's like got lots of room, and then you see Colleen and her daughter, and they've you know they're sort of together, but it's okay because they're mother and daughter, and then Dewey's really crammed. And, and for me, putting in the panel dividers makes it a little bit more of a progression, but I also agree it wasn't particularly successful. I mean, I, mean, I think it works either way. I just, I just think it, it's like, it's try, it makes me feel like there's like some progression in time that I'm missing mm -hmm. there a little bit. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's good. It's a good picture. And so the next page, 40, uh, we lose Dewey in the forest. What is, what is he walking past in the second, second strip? Poopers. There? What is poopers? It's diapers. Oh. Yeah. Poopers. A box of diapers. It's just trash. I mean, it's just trash. Okay. He's, he's sort of in the outskirts of the woods where there's trash. Teenagers are having parties. Teenagers leaving diapers as they do, and then the diaper party. And then it gets deeper and deeper into the woods. Have you heard of a diaper party before? Uh, you haven't. Have you heard of a diaper party? I'm. I can't answer that. So uh, look it up. And then and then some time progresses. I actually like it when we do this. I've mentioned this before. But Dewey disappears, and then we have a couple of panels before we see him again. So I like that sort of passage of time thing. A couple of comic strips. A couple. Of, what did I say? A couple panels. of comic strips. You said panels. Yep. yep. Oh, and so here's the creepy... Sorry, I have a lot of stories, apparently. You do. Here's the creepy older guy trying to pick up on uh, Tamara. And there's nothing wrong with the older people, but we know a lot of librarians, and they're constantly getting hit on, male and female, but especially the younger female versions. And so one woman once told me the creepiest thing uh, a patron ever... Her creepiest ever patron pickup line. <laughs> this requires a pause. Pause for it. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Now. You remind me of my daughter, and I believe in incest. That's horrific. Yeah, that's absolutely horrific. I wonder how much. What's the success rate with that particular line? You think? He's like he only pictures up really, really damaged women with that. Wow. That's, that's somebody who should he should post that online. So bad. No, I mean there should be like a sex predator warning in your neighborhood with someone that line. That's pretty. It's pretty pretty foul. The top of forty one. The introduction of Lambert. There can be only one homeless guy in the Mallville Public Library. We just made up that name out of whole cloth. There's no one ever ever There's been anyone no with that named name. Lambert. No. Now, my favorite uh, actor in the world, Christopher Lambert. If you're listening, Chris, hey, I've written a movie for he's you. A big fan. He's a big fan. I've got, I've written he writes movie. in every podcast and says how much he's enjoying it. Have your people get in contact with my people. You have people? 
I have people. Right. I do. Have, I have person. Have my have your people get in contact with my person. That doesn't sound as good. Um, so, Lambert's design is a little odd, and I guess we've stuck with it over the years. But the idea was, I mean, I actually just looked up a bunch of pictures of, of homeless folk, and I was, I was particularly attracted to this one guy. He just he he was a nice look, and he was sort of wearing a suit, like a really really dingy suit and a hat. I think he was Native American, and I just liked his look. I mean, I didn't like his look, but it was distinct. And so that that's what Lambert is, but he's a little odd looking, and, and because of his beard, some people think he's Amish. He was wearing a, a suit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's the way to go, homeless. I mean, like, I mean, he was wearing like, uh, yeah, it was a suit. It was a discarded, very. It's been through the the ringer, literally. I think. I'm a little distressed that Dewey won't take him to his house. You know, I guess I don't know. I mean, I think he should. I think he should have done the pedicure. Should have let him do the laundry. Should have <laughs> should have put him up for a month or so. I mean, the guy saved his life. Well, you wrote it. Free HBO. You wrote it. That's enough. Well, it's, I wrote it for Dewey. I didn't. You know why? Because you're heartless. <laughs> Is that why I wrote a character doing yep. something I wouldn't do? Because yep. I'm heartless. Yep. Yeah. Uh, childlike, childish on page forty-two. Well, that's good, but you got to look at the top of page forty-two, which is just this is the best the best part of this whole sequence. Dewey was avoiding this morale event. He didn't want to go to morale event. It turns out they were going to a movie, a giant screen. You know, Spider-Man movie. It's the, the one morale that he would have loved the most. I think she's lying. That's what makes it so funny. I think she's lying. No, she would never lie. That's what she's makes totally it so funny. She's totally lying. Child so I'm going to ask you now, do you think she's lying? Yes. Because it's a lot funnier if she's not lying. No, I think she's lying. I think it's funnier if she's lying, actually. Nah, you're wrong. Were they going to the woods to go to a spy giant screen? Did That's where they dropped him off. They weren't going to the woods. They dropped him off by the side of the woods. Nah, nah I don't buy it. You've always been such command of our characters. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Childish, uh, childlike. Yes, that's funny. I like that. I, I like it because people are always like accusing me of being child childish, and I'm like, no, childlike is different. I think you do both. Yeah. I disagree. The third one's a Neil Stevenson reference. So this is definitely my experience of reading Neil Stevenson novels, which is it makes my brain big. But actually, as my wife pointed out, it also makes me depressed because, because in addition to just reading his books, I'm also like always trying to. You know, whatever, read a book. I'm like, I could write this book. I couldn't write this book. And I could just never write that book. Like, he's just so much smarter than me. And it just makes me feel bad about myself. I think it requires a lot more time, like, in your house than you're willing to spend in a room looking at the wall, right? Maybe. I mean, I, th I, think, I think that's the thing. I mean, th those books are mammoth, and they're very involved, and they, they have a lot of well-researched... Well, and he... I mean, his bits. personality type is so different than mine. And maybe it's not that he's smarter, but he actually reminds me of a guy I worked at Microsoft a long time ago named Bill. And Bill would go into his office for six months and, and come out having figured out some incredibly hard problem. And that's what he would do. Like, well, I think he probably went home at night, but, but basically he would sit in his office and he would maybe sure. make You're some notes. You're not sure. Notes. No, I never saw him come or go. Uh, and that's how he was. Like, he could really... He had the attention span to sit and think about something for six months. And I think this is what Neil Stevenson does. He takes in enormous amounts of data... And then he processes it, you know, in his brain, and things come out. And you know, I barely have the attention span to read a real Neil Stevenson novel. So I, I think I think when I see people who write novels that complex out in the world, like giving speeches and stuff, I'm always kind of surprised. You, you know what I mean? Like, like you're surprised that they're out in the world. Well, I'm I'm just surprised that both parts work for them somehow. Oh. You, you, you know, like, like well, like, and probably uh, many of them it doesn't. Well, I think of like Thomas Pynchon, right? Like, yeah, whose whose books are very complicated and incredible, but you don't see him out giving speeches, but you see Stevenson, like, after he writes a new book, he emerges for a while and does interviews and a little bit of press, and, maybe, and then yeah, he yeah. kind of goes back. And like, yeah. It's just interesting yeah, to me. Did you, I think you and I went together, didn't we, to go see him speak? No, I didn't go. Oh. Um, when his book, uh, Anathem, came out, and um, 
it was great and he was great and then a woman gets up and she says I've read your Baroque cycle which is this three volume you know history of everything oh, yeah. uh, I've read it like it was twice or maybe even three times and then like I have some questions and everyone just sort of stopped because that's just a monumental task and he looked at her and he said as sincerely as anyone has ever said anything he said thank you like clearly that is his biggest fan and she may have spent more time on his books than he did so. did he answer her questions yeah no he was incredible really in because yeah he, he had the details in his mind from the Baroque side well I don't remember what she asked but but the point was that that we all got that uh, this is super fan have you read the Baroque also maybe kind of crazy yes yeah, really? I, I, read, I, I listened to twice. one of them on audio. It was pretty, pretty amazing, but yep. man, detail. Yeah. All right. I, 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 my note says page 44. I'm on 42 still. Okay. I'm on 42. I like the computer victim. I, 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 love, I love it when people who don't know anything about anything are trying to diagnose problems about that thing. I mean, it's one of my favorite things to have a conversation <laughs> with people. You've seen me do this. Yes. Where I just, we just start, yeah. I, I want to I just start throwing softball ideas on the table just because maybe somebody knows what's wrong. Like this is kind of me a little bit talking. And this to me. is sort of, and this is kind of Grandpa from 1923, right? Like it must thrown a gear. Like that's his best guess on how it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody's not cranking it hard enough. Yep. Have you tried oiling it? That's right. Probably need some lubrication. All right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm still. Look, okay. Mel took her glasses off on 43. We, we should have. It's only that happened moment. once or twice. Wow. We still haven't seen her eyes. Wow. She looks good with her glasses off. She does. Fantastic. She does. All right. 44. Now we're on 44, Bill. Thank goodness. Have we named this old lady? Uh, no. Okay. No. I like her. Unless we named her in the sort of, there was, there was the sequence a few uh, pages back where somebody loses their dentures, maybe she gets named there, but I don't think so. She's on the cover of uh, Large Print, right? She's her? on the cover of several of our books, but yeah, she's she's one of two characters on the cover of Large Print. Huh. She's a little old lady. I mean, that's... She's a little old lady. Yeah. With a top-loading VCR. Yes. The, the the most the, I think those are responsible for shredding more videotapes. Oh yeah, they're the worst. Than any other other, other invention ever. Um, like if you invented a videotape shredding machine, it would not catch up to top loading video <laughs> videotape it wouldn't be as for a long time. I really like the second strip on forty four. Oh. Did you hear the new titles Revenge of the Sith? Harry Potter and the Revenge of the Sith. Like that does sound like an awesome movie. That would be okay. Yeah, would have would have been better than. Yeah, would have been better than <laughs> either either of the uh, the other movies. So it's it's uh, it's December sixteenth today, and I'm so hoping that this new Star Wars movie is is as good as it's supposed to be. Well, you've already spent like a thousand dollars on it, haven't you? I spent I spent. It's <laughs> not inconsiderable I, amount of money. I've laid down some money for it. <laughs> I, I have to stress this though. I have not. I have not yet. This is my self control. My level of self control today, Bill. In my mid forties. I have not watched any trailers. I have not bought a toy yet from it. Oh, I'm a little surprised by that. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I. Yeah. They I, have I, those uh, BBHs that, that you can control with your iPhone. They have them in the Apple Store. Yeah, 150 bucks seems like uh, seems too much. I went to get my phone repaired, and I have the Star Wars poster, the new Star Wars Force Awakens poster, as the backdrop on my phone. And so the guy's looking at me. He says, "Oh, you like Star Wars?" And I'm like, I do. And I'm trying to talk about her phone, and he's trying to upsell me to the BB-8. <laughs> well, there, there was and two, finally said, I'm not buying it. There was two articles in Wired this week. One is about how, how BB-8 saved Spiro, oh. the company that has that little real control ball right. that nobody was buying, and now BB-8 has apparently right. saved it. And there was another... That's um, brilliant. There was another about, which I was telling you about earlier, about uh, what a bargain Disney got paying $4 billion for Star Wars and how yeah. they're going to make back a lot of, like, probably half of that on this yeah. movie right away. But, but the one thing they talked about, which I had tracked a little bit, was the toy laydown, the one-day toy laydown where like a thousand toys came out on the same day in November. Yeah. I did tune into like 15 minutes of the live coverage, but it was insane. And there was, was live coverage? There was live coverage, okay. live unboxing of everything. It was, okay. like, it was like 18 hours long. It wow. was just, it was insane. And I actually mean to use that word yeah, right yeah. now. They're thinking they're going to sell like over a billion dollars in Star Wars toys. 
like like this holiday season it's just gross or profit I, they didn't say but okay. I, 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 I assume gross yeah yeah but Disney's and so Disney probably makes some licensing fee like 10% or something it says like 15 but yeah it's still, it's still a pretty good chunk of change yeah. right well they don't have to do anything that's the amazing thing about licensing right I mean, they don't take any risk just, just insanity just insanity bottom of page 44 how did you sleep last night there's a hidden assumption in that question that yeah, isn't my up, line I'd eat my hat he's up watching uh, Red Dwarf yes that's good, good. was that me or you I, I like Red Dwarf we both like Red Dwarf but, but not the later seasons Okay. Yeah, I tried to watch. Well, because there's a point, and where one of the uh, writers left, because when they when they started it, it was a parody of science fiction TV show, and then it became a science fiction TV show. And you can sort of see the moment That's when it happens. Yeah. Have you seen that? That uh, the books are excellent, by the way. The novelizations. Who's the guy? Nick Frost. The Nick Frost yeah. BBC show. Yeah, you guys want to introduce it to well, me? What's it called? Hyper uh, Hyperdrive. Hyperspeed. Hyperdrive. Okay. Hyperdrive. Hyperspace. Watch that. If you've never seen Hyperdrive, watch it. It is really great. Two seasons, I think. You will marvel at Hyperdrive. <laughs> the, the best science fiction parody ever. The first episode, especially. Around forty-five now, still. Sure. Okay. I, I love I love that Dewey can't remove himself from. Uh, TV like scheduled TV watching. I remember having that problem for about yeah. ten years. It probably took me ten years to make the transition. I never to now watching things online. I mean, I, I had stopped watching TV essentially the moment I married my wife, and we never really had a broadcast TV after that. And so, and that, so I didn't have TiVo. Like I skipped over the whole TiVo thing, uh, and then of course I finally picked it up now in terms of watching stuff online. I think I think what's funny is like uh, time shifting things has allowed me to get my wife to watch TV with me mm -hmm. now. Same here. I mean, probably probably the first thing we watched together was the, the Buffy set you loaned us, uh -huh. which was like an insane commitment. But we just kept watching, just keep yeah. boop, 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 going through, going through, going through. And now I've got her watching more TV than ever in her entire life. Perfect Good for you. My entire plan has Good come together. You. Yeah. Page 46. We're watching Mr. Selfridge now. Have you seen this at all? No. You know Jeremy Piven, right? Yes. Like, I, I think Jeremy Piven's just hilarious from Entourage and from, like, I think he used to do stand-up a little bit, too. But to watch him play a, an American guy in Great Britain running a store, in like the and he's still like a hustler. Like, is that he's a hustler? But like, there's none of the there's none of the like like gopher broke kind of ranty, screamy comedy. He's like this cheery guy with this oh, yeah? great great beard, and he's just he's always like really. Oh, that'd be fun, to see, fun it, to see him go against type. It's completely odd, and I just keep thinking like I, I wonder what the opposite would be if somebody. I want to find some grandma who just watches BBC shows and loves Mr. Selfridge, and I want to see her watch oh, Harry Gold, like just take on Lloyd. In, <laughs> and do like a 10-minute ten ten minute rant filled oh, just like a sailor. I, I just want to get like the best rants of Ari yeah. Gold in, in uh, an entourage and play them for that lady. Page 46. Uh, the third one, I love the visual humor. Actually, I like a lot of the visual humor. Actually, I like, the, I like the second one better. Yeah. Because like, I see people adapt to the shitty furniture <laughs> <laughs> in libraries, and it just cracks me up. Like I've seen people like laying way back. Not, not that they could help it, you know, in the chair they had chosen. I, I was wondering why the guy looks so odd in the second and third panels, and it's, I realized it's because I didn't draw his hair going around his head. Like, normally you'd have essentially like <laughs> the toilet seat haircut, but this guy is sort of like he's got the world's worth Bluetooth, world's worth Bluetooth earphones. Say that five times fast. No, I can't. Uh, did you make a Lobot joke last year? Or last, no, last time we were podcasting? I don't podcasting? know what Lobot is. Lobot's the guy, he's Lando Calrissian's assistant. On uh, oh. the, the cloud city, he's got nice. that thing yeah, that goes yeah, all no, the way around his head, but it does go all the way around his head. Yes, right. Yes, because 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 Bluetooth doesn't like exist. That that. Lobot. Nice. He was actually he was in the Lando Calrissian uh, Star Wars comic, which you'll be reading on the Disney app. Okay, before, or the, the Marvel app before too long. I hope. Top of page forty-seven. I like I like seeing through the bookcase. Like I guess this is a bookcase that's just one deep, so, mm. and you can just push the bookcases through the other side. See, my, my favorite things on page forty-seven are uh, Ned's. 
the hammock Ned's, marks. That on, turned out really the well. The hammock marks on Ned's back. Yeah, it turned out and really And I well. love the third strip. The third strip is just a classic uh, one panel. Oh, and then we have, oh, it's the A-Team strip the on A-team the bottom, strip. too. I one, one of the few TV shows my kids have ever really, like, turned on to and got really excited about. We watched a lot of A-Team as a family. Like, I don't know why. It doesn't seem like the sort of thing we would do, but it's I, still I, completely harmless. I, I, I bet I wrote that one. Or do you think you did? No, I think you wrote it. But I, but I like, uh, I think I probably wrote it. Remember, remember that time I found, uh, I got the Mr. T in my pocket keychain at Comic-Con? Yes. I think I probably wrote it after that. Yes. That's, that's, that's when we met Kath and Grace? Yes. At Comic-Con. Good times. Yes. Yes. That's all you're going to say is yes? Yes. Okay. Well, we're here at, uh... 48. No, we're going to talk about 48 first. All right, say it. Mr. Moon. I like it. Yeah, I know you do. I you have a, it. I have a friend whose last name is Moon. <laughs> I, I can only say this is not based on an incident uh, involving her. Hi, Barb, if you're listening. But uh, I like the, I like tomorrow's line. Yes, I know. I know you do. It's fantastic. You yeah. don't like that? It's fine. It's your it's more your strip than mine. That would be a birthday strip if we were doing it today. <laughs> we had not yet gotten into the, uh, Come on. the swing of things. All right, let's get started on Empire the big, the big deal. Back. And so I guess the, the preface to this, this is our first and last comic book we ever made. Well, we, we did write another one. Well, we did one for BEA. Well, no, we wrote, we wrote another. We have another one. Well, you wrote another one. It's, it's not a, it's, shall we say, not in final edited form, ready to draw. But you did a, you did a, you did a first draft of it. If, you, if you came to your senses, it would be. I keep saying I'm willing to do it. I guess we shouldn't say the title now, but it's a great title. <laughs> it is. It is a great title. Let, let's just say it's another homage to a great science fiction movie. The reason we did this is because this was our third volume. Now, little did we know we would end up having, at this point, up to 11 volumes. But at the third volume, we're like, I don't know, does anyone never, does everyone need a third volume of Unshelved? Are they really buying it? And are there sales we're missing out on? Because all these comic strips are basically available online, except for just a few. And so we decided we would do something new. And it was kind of a, I think it was two things. I think we both wanted to try something long form. But also, it's this great, it, it's this great pitch for the book. If they're hesitating, we'd be like, it's got 24 pages of new material. That's and right. did sales, like, scream through the roof? They did. This thing did not sell any more or less than anything before. I think you're wrong. My, my gut tells me they did. Great. The, your gut is not supported, however, by the numbers. I think you're wrong. <laughs> is there a crack on your glasses? Is it? Yeah. It looks like there's, or, or maybe it's just a hair or something. No, it's a scratch. Horizontal it's a scratch. Well, it, could be, it could be a cat hair. It's a fine line between a scratch and Hold a on. crack, my friend. How do you? Cat hair. Oh, cat hair. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta quit trying to read my cat. So this was a real challenge for us to write. I have a terrible cat story. Right, let's hear the cat story, and then we'll get started on Empire County Strikes Back. So, friends were over the other day. Cat is on my friend's son's lap. He's trying to pet her, and he's petting her very awkwardly. Does right? it end with him never being able to have children? No. Okay. He's petting the cat very awkwardly, and I said, oh, you know, if you, if you, kind, of, if you kind of pet her down by her tail, like, she really likes that, just pet her by her tail, you know, she'll, she'll sit on your lap. And, it, and instead of, like any normal person would, petting her on top of her, oh, no. of her bat, he reaches around behind her tail and starts <laughs> patting her on <laughs> In the place no one should oh, ever touch on their cat, true. and we all just lost our minds. Oh. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. That's, that's why I'm not naming how, him. That's how you learn. I made him go wash his hands. That's how you learn, like anybody would. So I was just saying that this *Empire County Strikes Back* was hard to write. It was hard to write. It was a struggle. It was back and forth. It was something. It was a new form for us. It took us a while to figure out how to write three, oh. four-panel comics. Torturous. We kind of had to reinvent it, and I think we went through many back and forths. And you had basically written a full script on it. Uh, which was hard to edit. Which we tore up. Which we tore up and put back together. And, and I guess I, I have a few short stories as we go through it. Which was fine, but but I think I remember I remember that we just didn't know how to even go at it. Yeah. It was like, there's this list of problems, and I was like, well, yeah, I've done all this work, and I'm not doing it again. Like, yeah. like you know, here's 
like we need to sit down and figure this out. But together. you had you had kind of gone from a from a, a general idea to a full script, and I think in retrospect, probably better to go from a general idea to more of a kind of a break. You know, a, 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 this is how I end, ended up learning how to write non-evented here, which is I start with really like one sentence that describes the entire plot line, and then I start breaking it into smaller bits and smaller bits and smaller bits, and that way it's just not so heartbreaking when you have a full script and you have to rewrite the whole thing. Anyway, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, I, I don't know that we do. We did it and we didn't really each other. That's true. But we tried. I like, I like on page 49, I like, I like Mel's bulletin board, I have to say. That's probably yeah. you more than me. Uh, that was me. Yeah, I think number three is check in more than you check out, which sounds like a really funny, like... I just think when in doubt, reclassify is hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And I don't know what the other one is, but the, the end of, of number seven is definitely poop. Is that a t-shirt? When in doubt, reclassify? Mm. No, to me it's not. Well, okay. It's no, uh, I'm not going to say the one that I don't like. <laughs> All right. Well, suffice to say, we have a, we we, have we a t-shirt have, we, we really disagree on. We both have favorite t-shirts. That's true. <laughs> um, and they're not the same favorites. All right, so, so this, let's not talk about every page in this No, book. let's not. I, 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 but like, so Empire County... This giant library system with lots of resources uh -huh. sends this fearsome bookmobile yep. uh, into Mallville to start basically taking their patrons away. That's a right. nice. That's a nice summary of it. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I, I, I was just gonna say I really love I love I love the Welcome to Mallville sign. If this thing, if this comic book was nothing else than the opportunity <laughs> to, to Mallville have willing consumers. consumers, that's hilarious. Um, colored by uh, the then boyfriend of a friend of yours, who turned out to be kind of a jerk. Oh, it's, really? I think it's fair to say. Oh, I forgot he colored this. Yes. Um, and, it, wow. and, and not bad. Like, I didn't know how to color anything, which is why I didn't do it. This thing is actually, uh, it's, n there are several new things. One is that we'd never made a comic, uh, like, comic book before. Uh, I'd never lettered on the computer before. And here I lettered on uh, in Adobe Illustrator, which was an imperfect way to do it. And that's the sound of Gene letting his cat out the door. Letting your cat out the door? In the door? In the door. Uh, and color. This is the first time we've done it in color, and I really didn't. I didn't know how to do color, and I don't, also didn't really have time because I'd started a day job. Uh, and so he colored it, and it's okay, but it's way too dark, and so you, you kind of can't see the expressions on Tamara's face, which is a complaint I have. But you know, it looked good on the computer, which is backlit, Looks and it great. actually looks good on the the uh, ebooks version of our of these. But I have to say, this is really funny. It, it, it's weird to look at it. I don't think I've read it for like. You know, six or seven years. I read it last year when I was putting together the ebooks, and I was just struck by how funny it was. Wow. Like our, we got our timing really good, and every page ends on a really strong sort of ending. I yeah, I, I remember reading a lot of uh, Greg Rucka comics at the time of this, and I remember uh, Queen and Country. Yeah. The 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 spy book that he did for a while for. Oh Oak. yeah. And I just remember how much that delivered on every page. Yeah. And how much it delivered on every, in every issue as well. Yeah. And 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 I think he, I I still think he's like probably the best guy bar none at, at writing the rhythm of comics. The other the other really good example, I think, is Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X-Men, which is the same thing. Like Every page ends strong, every issue ends strong. It's just incredibly well blocked. Well, now, now I'm thinking Warren Ellis does it too quite well, but but like 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 those three are probably that's probably it. And there's so few Joss Whedon comics, this, right? Yeah. But like 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 they sat, these guys have sat down and figured out how comics like, like how to deliver like basically on an issue as yeah. well, which I think makes them very compelling because you see a lot of comics now where they're writing for the graphic novel, yeah. where they just end at some arbitrary point, and you're right. like, why is that? 
why is that the period on the end of the sentence this yeah. month, right? And it, it doesn't make for a, a solid even, reading experience. And just because this is a comic I've read a lot, but those Astonishing X-Men, um, it's not just every page and every issue, but also every trade. Like, the trades are well distinguished. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you should read is Astonishing X-Men by Whedon, uh, Queen and Country, any, any, any uh, graphic novel by Rucka, Greg Rucka, and uh, probably Warren Ellis, I would say, maybe Next Wave, or what else? Maybe Fell. What's the what's the thing where they call up the uh, oh the global global frequency global frequency was also great yeah yeah all right enough graphic novel okay uh, enough readers enough readers advisory all right we're, we're moving along so the bookmobile has resources Mallville does not and and so Mallville's in danger and Colleen's first thing is am I going to be able to I'm clearly I'm out of a job like she she basically takes your attitude towards life like all is lost yep and so she's she's a little on the negative side. She's gonna looking for work at Mall Burger, and yeah. then, and what motivates Dewey is that uh, his his favorite espresso stand, which had not moved inside yet. It's really funny. Was uh, he was he was totally relaxed about the whole thing until he finds out that his espresso stand's gonna move. They go out of business, and then he, and then he rides away. So this is a pretty pretty great. You know, I, I love I love fifty six. I love fifty six. Fifty six, fifty seven. It's a good spread. Everybody at the, everybody there playing video games. I love the mother and son because the the bookmobile gives them two of everything. Yep. But this is, I mean, this there, there's an actual sort of plot line behind, not a plot line, but a theme behind all this, which is the way that the way that our uh, the sacrifices we make of privacy for convenience. And so this this spread is almost all about privacy and convenience. And uh, I didn't need a library card; it took my credit card. Like that's something you could do, but you really don't want to do it. I think you should. Dewey is. There's a couple of things that are going through out here. One is Dewey is consistently ignoring the computer victim, and the computer victim is just going from bad to worse in terms of what he's doing. I love the librarians in the, uh, in the kind of service center yep. like, online. Yep, it's it's horrific, but well, it, it also I, seems like the future somehow. I have to say though, I've worked I've worked like a place like that now, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it, like being like kind of central reference or like answering questions like that on the phone, like, yeah. just one after the other, is like kind of an amazing job. Okay. Yeah. For for a certain type of person. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, I liked it. I like I like it way better than I thought. I mean, it used to be kind of my nightmare, and now I'm like, oh no, that was really really good. Page sixty. Page sixty. Well, I love I love this shot of Dewey where where it's got bits of yeah bits of him. All, all of the, all the information they were able to glean. Well, not just information, but it's got like there's some kind of camera on him that we right. don't know about. Well, it, it, we're looking at it. Oh, oh, you're right. It's it's these these are actual strips. Right. Well, these are actual shells, little bits from Inchel. There's strips. moments from his life that somehow the computer has right. captured. Right. So I, I took art from previous Inchel strips and just colored them, and that was pretty fun. Not only did it capture them, it captured them in color. And it gives him. It gives him Remo Williams. The adventure begins, which is pure me. That's pretty great. That is a fantastic, a fantastically bad movie, with a Korean martial arts master, who has a move that that pleases ladies like no other move ever in the history of martial arts. <laughs> I, I got to learn that move. Well, have you ever seen the Remo Williams books? I I honestly not really clear on what this movie is. Well, so well you should you should totally watch it. It, it stars. Uh, is this one of the many many Indiana Jones ripoffs? No, 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 no. It was, it, it's based on these this, this super long series. There's probably two, three hundred of these books. Mm-hmm. Men's, these men's adventure novels. It's sort of the equivalent of romance novels, but for men. Kind of. They're like 150 pages long, and they're just solid action. I mean, like all the yeah. way through. I mean, they're they're they're, they're uh, both ridiculous. And, and by the end, he's ripped out every organ you can rip out from a person's body. They're incredibly entertaining. And I think I think they thought I can't remember the guy's name. His name's Fred. It's not Fred Willard, and it's not Fred Savage. It's the other Fred. He was okay. like he was an action movie guy in the late 80s for a moment. And um, but he, he he did some. Oh, acting. I do vaguely remember this. And yeah, it was yeah. It, 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 it's a really stupid, like totally entertaining. It's along the Buckaroo Banzai kind of, you know. The adventure motor. begins and sadly ends. <laughs> yes, so, I mean, like it can't have cost somebody on kick somebody kickstart this thing again. Let's get Rima Williams going. I mean, like I want to I want to see more of this with, with the original actor. Well, and then and then when that doesn't work, when he's able to pass that up, it gives him I think 
Miracle Man Olympus, which I, I was always trying to get through interlibrary loan, and I never could because it was like three or four hundred dollars for the paperback. It was out of print. There was a big, there was the whole Miracle Man, Marvel Man yeah. uh, IP issue. But now, actually, these are all back in print as of last year. From Marvel. Finally, yeah. Mm -hmm. So so you can go out now and buy this thing yep. for like 20 bucks that uh, Dewey was jonesing over. It's a great, it's a great book, too. So... Page 62 starts a series of really incredible Mel lines, which I'm just in awe of our ability to write. But it starts off with Mel saying, you know, Buddy says, what are we going to do, Mel? What I'm best at, Buddy? What I'm best at? And then the next page is she's, she's called a meeting. That's what she's best at. And then at the bottom of page 63, Ned, you know, Ned comes in, he's concerned. She says, don't worry, we're gathering consensus now. <laughs> I don't know if that's a great Mel line. It's a great Mel line. Well, and then the, so her. And then the, the bookmobile from Empire County actually pulls up in front of the Mallville uh -huh. library and just put them out of business. On page 64. And they have there's these giant Dr. Octopus arms reaching into their collection. Yep. and I love it. Um, and so at the bottom of 65 is another great Mel line where, where Mel says, my library, I'm losing my library. And then it says, event scheduling will now be 10% more efficient. She's like, really? 10%? I feel like I feel like we're just doing the audiobook version of this when we're not. We are, it's, it's, but it's but it's just yeah. Anyway, there's the police in their in their sweaters and turtlenecks again, which are the same color. Who knew? Oh, there they are. That's nice. And Buddy shows up with his fake Doctor Octopus arms just to yeah. cheer Dewey up. It's all good. It's all good. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. I, I, my favorite page of this is probably sixty-eight. Okay. Where where Dewey is telling everyone like like the value they offer, and it's never it's not the value. It's like classic value. It's not like <laughs> it's just like it's hey, not we we offer a, we offer a comprehensive like, archive of books. It's, it's kind of that like people want. We know what idiots you are, and we're we're here we're here to do this. Like Lambert, you know, we're gonna get day old newspapers. Yep. What's the R value of this laptop? I love it. And the woman, <laughs> do you remember this? I can't remember. No. Okay. Like, <laughs> look, Kathy's. We're just cracking it. ourselves up, but it's it's really some of our best work, and 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 it ought to be because we slaved over it. Old man, who found you that large print edition of Forum? <laughs> That's your line. Fred, who helped you with your Russian bride divorce? All right, everybody comes over except Merv, because Merv's finishing his game. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so let me, maybe you don't remember this, but at page 70, um, you and I had, had done a nice job of, of blocking all this and breaking into pages, and we got to the end, and we didn't know how the book ended. We knew that Dewey had to defeat the bookmobile, but we didn't know how he was going to defeat it. And you said, look, all we have is everything that's... All we have is what's there. We can't go back and rewrite everything. All we have is like all the people are there, and Dewey has the three coffees he bought. And so we decided the resolution of this was going to be coffee, coffee. <laughs> it was and so, what we had, and, and that's how it's because what we had it was it was, and, and it's one of these writing yourself into a corner things that now we do pretty regularly, in not invented here, which is much more plot based. Which is I often don't know how things are going to end, but I have thrown enough balls in the air that by the time I get there, there's usually something I can grab. Yeah, you just have to look around, right? I mean, yep. I mean, I think I, I think I read somebody saying that, where it's just like, like, like people who write without a clear idea of the ending, kind of at the end, look around and go, oh, yeah, this is, this is what's going to happen right now. And just page seventy-two, we had a page to fill. We had basically the way books are done is they're um, this is a combination of black and white and color. So uh, there's a and they're usually done in, in groups of eight because that's how many pages they can throw what on a giant leaves, uh, maybe. And so we had, we had a page, which we could have just put some black and white strips on, but I had this piece of art. And the reason I had this piece of art is the American Library Association asked me to make a banner that they would hang overhead over the, over the graphic novel pavilion. So I made this banner, and I spent hours on it. And then I submitted them, and I'm like, oh, no, no, we don't want your characters. We just want you to make us a banner. And I'm like, you really just want a banner that says graphic novel pavilion? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's good that you've got a trained cartoonist to do that for you for free. <laughs> So I made them one, and it said "Graphic Novel Pavilion." Like it wasn't. And they used it for years. I remember. They did, yeah. 
but it wasn't the good one. And it wasn't like I think they, they were afraid they were gonna have like licensed characters and it was be unfair and stuff. And I'm like, well, maybe or maybe more people just go to the graphic novel complain. I don't know. All right, so we'll stop there for now. Uh, today's gonna be a, a double podcast day. Maybe triple. We'll see. We'll see. All right, we're gonna have some pecan pie. I'll be back in a little bit. Thank you.